Hello, lovely hogs. Andrew here, and we are so excited to bring Trusty Hogs Live all over the world. Yes, as you listen to this, we have one date left in Australia at the Sydney Factory Theatre. That is on the 27th of April. And then we are back in the Northern Hemisphere with Dublin. Yes, we are so excited to come to Ireland for the first time. We're bringing Trusty Dogs Live to the Laughter Lounge on the 4th of June. Tuesday the 4th of June in Dublin, there's going to be an Irish history lecture from Helen. There's going to be drunken karaoke. There's going to be problem solving. All sorts of chaos. All the usual. It is not to be missed. Make sure you get your tickets early because we are expecting to sell out. Trustyhogs.com forward slash tour for all the tickets and info that's Dublin on the 4th of June then we are into July with Bristol Brighton Edinburgh in August London at the Clapham Grand on the 16th of October and then we close out our tour in Manchester on the 6th of November so make sure you go to trustyhogs.com forward slash tour get your tickets quick because some of these are already sold out Uh, some of them are very nearly there and we cannot wait to see you Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to episode 59 of Trusty Hogs. Today, one Helen Bauer is absent from the studio. No, she's not. Here I am. (laughs) (laughs) That was a really bad impression, actually, but also quite fun. But do you remember the last time that I co-hosted and I did a really bad impression of Helen and literally all of her friends texted like, yeah, I just thought it was you. (laughs) (laughs) I do. In fact, I do. Um, Chloe Petz is here to co-host instead. Hello, Chloe Petz. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. I forget every time that you bring a serenity that I can't, almost now can't deal with on account of what I'm used to. Well, yeah, I think I had a bit of a dilemma coming in today, which was do I sort of come in and try and, um, you know, cover Helen in my own way or do I try and sort of ape the attitude? Basically... um, Am I kind to you or do I make your life a living hell is the dilemma <laughs> that, <laughs> that is, I have to make. Do you think she ever has that dilemma on the way here or does she just like it's the only option she ha- has available to her is to make my life a living hell? I think like an actual trusty hog lives in Helen's head and it's just sort of, it just feels like there's just oinking and she just has to shout over it. Just yeah, I get it. in her brain. So what have you settled on? Uh, well, I'm <laughs> still deciding. <laughs> yeah, jury's out. Depends if you're um, a real bitch or not. Yeah. <laughs> Trusty hogs, trust the trusty hogs, or maybe not. Um, Wow. Yeah, well, I just feel quite peaceful. I'm so glad to hear it. Mm. I'm so glad to hear it. Um, Those people who listen to Trusty Hogs often will know that we recently hung out to do our half marathon. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently, you had some things to say about our half marathon when you recorded the Off Menu podcast. Well, yeah, my, my, I don't know when it will go out. Uh, in relation to when this goes out. But yeah, I just thought your attitude absolutely fucking stank. <laughs> <laughs> Is this what you said on Off Menu? Yeah. yeah I said well, you... I wasn't there to defend myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said you had a bad attitude. <sighs> and the reason why I think... Chloe, had... I got you through those last few miles. You got me through the last few miles, but you didn't help on the first maybe six. <laughs> and I think the problem is, is that... Um, you, we have very different attitudes towards <laughs> self-motivation. We really do. And basically what happened was we met at... So we did the Royal Parks Half Marathon, mm-hmm. which like 16,000 people run. So it's a big event. Mm-hmm. And when you were there at the beginning, they have almost like this little like running village yeah. that you that everyone sort of populates. And there were massive queues for the toilets. And you arrived a bit after me. Um, <laughs> no, through no fault of your own, I had to go early because I'd fucked up my race number. I'm willing to admit that. <laughs> But I was in the toilet queue. So big of you. <laughs> and you sort of came in with the attitude of like you were emceeing a gig. I did no such thing, Chloe Pet. You Pat. did. I did you, no you such thing. You were befriending all the old ladies in front of us. Those women were listening to every word we said because you'd already started talking to them. We were being very entertaining, I will say that. Come on. But what I also will say is that your sort of um, 
attitude towards both emceeing and self-motivation is to be like very sort of like self-deprecating and sort of undercutting things so your way of self-motivating was basically going like yeah we're gonna be so terrible we're gonna be so shit but basically what that sounded like to every sort of very slender small woman around me around us there was that you were being self-deprecating on my behalf no it did no it did because (laughs) all of those women were like this girl is clearly being kind to her massive fucking friend that, no! she, that she's going to have to roll around because all of these women ignored you and started giving me a pep talk about how wonderful and brilliant I was going to be. And I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to get absolutely buddies brilliant. buddies are running buddies? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to run so fast I'm going to create a tornado. You did in fact shout that at the bathrooms. Our toilets, it was really odd. There was just a very tall person outside the portal who's going, there's going to be a tornado around me. I'm going to run so fast. I'm the best runner in London I am. But I think, I think maybe London and Greater London. Mm-hmm. Um, you made that very clear. Yeah, so I think... You promised those women to... they were going to be carried along by your tornado. They wouldn't even need to. <laughs> uh, so as I say, we've got very different attitudes towards self But the thing is, from my point of view, how I feel, how I'm self-motivated is like, especially if I have to do tasks in a day that are really shit, like I don't want to get doing, they've been hanging over me for a while, I'll go, look, okay, th- this is going to be bad. Yeah. But at least it'll be done. But why did it have to be bad for me as well? And, this, what, and why did the impact of that be <laughs> incredibly small fem oh, women telling ev- me how wonderful I was, was there how ev- brave I was? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel like that's partly on them. I feel like that's not what I asked them to do. But I will also say, like, you were going into my mind with toxic positivity. Oh, no. Yeah, I was like, this is going to be bad. Neither of us has run, have run this distance. I hadn't trained enough. I felt like... It's going to be bad, but then it'll be finished. And then we get a roast. We yeah. get to go to the pub. Either way, that's uh, that's how I motivate. You were like, I'm going to win this half marathon. By the way, <laughs> they'd already started moving the faster runners. and Like the race had begun. And Chloe was like. Some people's <laughs> race had already finished by yeah. the time we started. We're in the fifth, the last group. And Chloe's like, I'm going to win this thing. And I'm like, I feel like it's not an energy we can maintain. <laughs> we were overtaking a lot of people, but that's because we were back with all of the sort of. And did we overtake anyone who wasn't dressed as an animal? Uh, yeah, that elderly woman. <laughs> Jan! Jan! Jan. <laughs> hey, Jan! <laughs> um, Fuck you, Jan. I think... Um, well, no, I think I'm a very positive person. I'm very optimistic. You are. And I knew that at some point I was going to like really struggle. Mm. So I was just like, why don't we keep as positive as we can for as long as we can? And then when the inevitable dip comes we'll deal with it then whereas i'm like expect the worst and you can't be disappointed exactly irish yes exactly (laughs) a catholic irish woman is what i'm saying to you but we did it we did do it we did it and at the end we took my hand and as we were crossing the finish line in my mind we were running so fast we were sprinting at the speed of light on reflection (laughs) andrew who also saw us finish that race can attest to the fact that we were barely jogging (laughs) um did we look did we look beautiful and fast when we yeah, pretty fast. How uh, fast? Rob Delaney Tornado? Delaney Rob, Rob Delaney De- was just ahead of us. Yeah. Fuck Rob and, Delaney! And my father, my father beat you as well. Oh, we don't what? know he beat us. What time, what time did you do it in? Uh, faster one than you. Tell, yeah. tell us the time. <laughs> um, I think he was two minutes ahead of you, maybe a bit less. How old is he? Uh, 50. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> oh, God. What? The I'm sorry. Okay, well, that's a fact I didn't know or need to know. Thank you, Andrew. Apologies. He's done quite a few half marathons, though, so... Well, then he should really be beating us by more, shouldn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking loser. Tell him I said so. I'm honestly pissed off. Yeah, me too. See, I told you, expect the worst and then you're never disappointed. But you got my fucking hopes up that we were going to win the marathon. (laughs) Thanks, Chloe. Thanks a lot. (laughs) It was was nice and we got a roast after. Yeah, and then I, um, I essentially saw it as like a challenge to sort of consume every last one of the calories that I burned and then I got home and um, I was sick. No, you weren't. Yeah, I was sick. No, you weren't. Em's friend came over for dinner and I was just like rolling around no! on the sofa. Sort of, I, I sort of gave up trying to make a good impression. <laughs> Maybe about 45 minutes in where I was like, no, no, I, I'm I'm actually unwell here. That's wild because the other way, you like you also went the inverse when we did that training run and I didn't have food ready for you like the millisecond we got home. You were like not able to function. Yeah, and I think that's probably why I overate after the half marathon because I didn't want to feel like I did after the 10 miles where like I just crashed and was like, I need to eat immediately. Fascinating. I will say I've never, in both cases, in the training run and the 
half marathon I've never run with anyone who talked quite so much about how much food we were going to be allowed to eat afterwards and then you kept like feminism checking yourself by being like obviously we're allowed our food we don't have to earn our food but we're going to be allowed to eat so many (laughs) calories afterwards so you know but I I mean the only reason that I run is so that I can sort of eat at the level that I was eating at before when I wasn't running yeah listen it's always nice to be like I have to I have to eat this because I'm an athlete yeah that's yeah, always like that's always a nice way to I've feel. I've got a half marathon to win because yeah. <laughs> but but I, because four weeks ago I did do a training run actually, so <laughs> gotta keep my energy up. No, I will qualify that by saying that that is an absolutely toxic way of thinking, and um, I'm sorry for. I it, know you will because you the... always will because you're bad, but also a good feminist. No, no, no. I'm bad, but I'm bad, but I'm self-aware. And that is honestly the only goal, except for the yeah. fact that you weren't self-aware enough to not mock me on Off Menu. And I cannot wait to listen and we'll be live tweeting while I do. <laughs> no, but I do. Th- no, I- but I will. No, but I think, no, but I I think will. it's fair that you, <laughs> you, were, you were not taking into account how we were being perceived as a dynamic as a plus size woman. <laughs> <laughs> I was obviously going to be the one that was... That you were sort of... I was busy sort of dealing with my own shit. And when I say my own shit, I do mean my own shit. Because yeah. I had been I had been to the A&E the night before. Because, I, because I hadn't been able to go to the toilet in seven weeks. That, no, but I'm glad that you're admitting it now. Because when um, you were telling me like, <clears throat> oh, I think it might be some, you know, yeah, some sort of issue. And I was like, no, you just haven't shat. Come on. It's so be honest bad. with yourself. I just find it really hard to be... Have you told her now? Yeah. And how have you worked it out? I had to get drunk to tell her, though. Right. I had to get drunk to tell her. It's a partly learned thing from OCD. So I used to be able to pee in public toilets. Yeah. Um, and so I'm very, very good at holding, yeah. which is which has caused problems um, in my body before. Um, and so, so, so you're still categorizing that as good. I'm very good at holding. To oh, that's interesting. I'm very well practiced at holding yeah. to a to a damaging extent. Actually, um, good point. It's not good at all. Um, and but I do find it very hard to be like that kind of human in front of my um, new partner. I can't do it. I can't do it in front of them. Really? N- yeah, because. How long have you been dating? Two years. And you can't do that one? I mean, we now, like, I would say we're now at a point where we know that it goes on. Okay. But, 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 I don't know. I think I've got this thing about, like, (laughs) (laughs) feeling, like, I have, I will admit it. M, I have. Don't look at M. Look at me. No, Chloe, can I just say one thing? M signed up to produce this podcast. She did not sign up to be involved in the conversation she's made that very clear multiple times so you talk to me like she's not your like you're just in the two years that i've been with my girlfriend that may or may not be in this room i have been i have pooed i will admit that (laughs) oh my god wow that's so disgusting how weak you are but i do i think it's like um yeah i think it's i think it's that i feel like i don't want to be like a gross disgusting boy oh that's interesting yeah Yeah, i guess that for me it's um i don't want to be unsexy in any way hmm I, I've never heard this from a, a gay man. Th- this farting issue. Genu- I think it is... That they really do fart in front of you. Interestingly gendered, yeah. They, 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 they would just fart? Yeah, me and Risa farting all over the place. That's crazy. Really? I actually, I, I didn't crazy. say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's but. disgusting, though. Yeah, but not like on purpose. We're not like aiming for it. It just happens. Yeah. We're both two yeah. men with bodies. Yeah, no. No? No. Even okay. like the boyish lesbians will be like, I have to go outside to fart. And you're like, ah! Or I am. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's... Uh, Hypothetically, that's what I'd say. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, it's, it's, just, it's probably like, for me, a blend of like um, internalised misogyny and internalised mask phobia. And for you, it's internalised misogyny. Mm, yeah, not misandry. Interesting. Because um, I think they are gross and weak for doing it in front of each other. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Reese. Thank you. Um, I, yeah, I, I, obviously it is. Obviously it is. It is also from like maybe a little bit of um, of the of the internalized misogyny. Is also, has also come from my experience with other lesbians who want me to be a specific presentation of femininity, which mm. I too wish to be. So you're 
talking about a very externalized homophobia. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying that like, I think that, I think, okay, so like, I don't know where it comes from, but I do, I don't think it's helped by, and I don't want to over egg the situation, but I feel like the, the sort of, there is sort of a fetishization or excitement around my femme pre- presentation in queer relationships because it allows us to play into like learned traditional gender roles that people enjoy when they feel queered or when they feel novel or when they feel like they there wasn't permission for us to do that or whatever. And that's exciting and there are good things about that. But also I have to feel like the girl sometimes and I, I don't know, I just, I, also I went to an old girls school. If you parted in an old girls school, you were dead forever. Like that was going to be you forever. And I don't want to be that. And I also just, oh, I don't know. I just find it unsexy and embarrassing. And also, my new girlfriend's cool, and I don't want to be uncool. I'm already so uncool. Fine's cool. I don't think it is. I think it is. I don't think it is. <laughs> and how come you don't do it in front of him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, sorry to interject here. Um, Catherine, no fart. Just for your consideration. Thank you. Oh. Oh God, good get, stuff. Get huge Davis on the blower and rewrite the theme tune. <laughs> Through no fog. Um, oh! Hey, thank you, thank you. Listen, I hate it and I don't. <laughs> I back off again. I don't want to do it is the answer. We're talking about this for too long. My point is, we both got round the old half marathon. We had our lovely dinner and it was nice. Did and... you fart once during the half marathon? Besides you, absolutely not. I don't think I did. No. Besides you, no. I don't think I did actually. I wouldn't have risked it. Not a chance. Genuinely, really impressive because how much control do you have whilst you're also trying to like complete a half marathon? I I also think it's good self control, but maybe also stupidity because I feel like if I'd just let out like a few in a we would have gotten further. We would have we would have shaved off that propelled ourselves and beaten Andrew's dad. That's why. <laughs> why your dad he cheated he was getting the momentum for it oh wait this is too much i hate this boy conversation (laughs) yeah i don't like it i'm sorry i don't like it sorry everyone in this room (laughs) yeah do you think this is do you think this is more bad than everything helen bauer says Oh, do you think she's disgusting? She would have called you a cunt seven times by now. She would have, to she's be really fair. She's really thrown that word she around really, a lot. She'd have already farted moment? in the room, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. She would have. She really would have. Um, so, yeah, thank you for coming in with more serenity, but the equal levels of uh, grotesqueness as Helen Bauer. She doesn't talk about farts a lot, though, does she? Only because I don't give her the space to. No, but it, she, talks about, that kind of she talks about other bodily stuff. Worms, poo, her vagina, thrush, <laughs> styes, infection. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't go with farts. Mm. An interesting character. Glad we found a little place for you to sit. <laughs> a little niche for Chloe. Isn't that nice? I hey, found the fart hole. Side, <laughs> side <laughs> Changing the topic now. I like your nails. Oh, thanks. You have your nails painted and they're beautiful. This is the first time I've ever seen you with nail polish on. Yeah. Tell uh, me. Well, on, on Saturday evening, um, I went to my friend's birthday and she... I don't know. She was just in a very camp mood. She was okay. just sort of swanning around the place in a very camp mood. Okay. And she, she and um, my other friend Hermione were doing their nails. Right. And I was like, maybe I'd like to have my nails done. Right. And then she said, "What colour?" And I said, "Maybe a darker one," because I've seen, you know, some of the edgier boys doing that. Which edgier boys? Like sort of the like um, the Harry Styles drones. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so you're like, I'm gonna be like a Harry Styles dress. I'm gonna, well, no, like I've just, I, I basically feel like I'm now comfortable enough in my own masculinity that um, the nail varnish doesn't feel like a sort of weird, like feminine thing that I'm doing. Like I, whenever I've had nail polish on before, I felt like you know, like when a dog wears socks. <laughs> Yes. And, it, and it just, it's sort of putting its legs all over the Yeah. It, it can't, it's like hitting things and it can't yeah. like get its place. Yeah. That's what I've always felt like. And then on Saturday, I was just like, this feels right. Oh my God. Good I for just, you. I feel trendy. You have a lot going on lately. Tell me what else you've had done on your birthday. Ear pierced. You got your ears pierced. Yeah. Tell me about it. So had you had them pierced before? I'd had them pierced before, but the thing you need to know about me, Catherine, is I have very thick lobes. <laughs> and I didn't know that. About, and nor did I think that sentence was going to end that way. <laughs> I have very thick lobes and I do mean the two C's. And thick lobes change lives, th- save lives. Thick lobes save lives. And how? 
come on, qualify that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. How thick your loaf could save a life, Catherine. I don't want to play this. Maybe game. like <laughs> it's um when you shoot and the Bible stops the bullet, your loaf will stop <laughs> the bullet for somebody else. <laughs> I become like a very specific security guard where I That's just have nice. to... That's nice. Douche, douche. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, I've got very thick lobes. So I've had issues with sort of like them getting a bit like infected and a bit gross and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and this time went to a sort of, I guess... Fancier place. A fancier place. Nice. Yeah. And, and everything's been really quite fantastic. They look really. so cute. Thank you. Very and nice. we've worked out that nine weeks after will be on Christmas Day. <gasps> so Is nine weeks how long you have to keep the studs in? Keep the studs in. Right. So then on Christmas Day, as a special treat, I'm going to pop in the earrings that you got me for my birthday. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Oh, my God. How lovely. A beautiful, divine little hoops. Listen, a mask hoop. Yeah. It took me ages to find them. It turns out getting a freaking sturdy mask hoop that isn't like, that's just utilitarian and isn't fucking weirdly bejeweled is harder than you'd think. You did a really great job. Thank you so You've much. I really appreciate it. the praise. Thank you. I, I can't got, wait for Christmas. I though. absolutely did what your girlfriend told me to do. <laughs> I was like, I need to get a gift for Chloe. What did you want? And she you said, she took ages looking for it and you. Oh no. And she told me what to get and then I went and looked for it. Beautiful. Yeah. No, I did. Do, I did do at least that. I'm not, can you imagine? Although had that been an option, I would have let Em just send me a <laughs> she didn't actually I asked but no I had to go find them myself which is fine I guess but yeah I'm just really enjoying sort of doing queering things that I pre- previously thought were feminine you know it's uh, nice when example, queering things that like that used to mean conformity that's so exciting yeah like I now flirt with men you know <laughs> <laughs> And if they let's bring missionary back, let's reclaim missionary <laughs> <laughs> queering missionary. Yeah, <laughs> but um, no, but well, it's really funny because if I flirt with a man, if he were to like flirt back, I'd be like, or like, if like, like it's it's funny sort of quite performing flirting. If there was any ever expectation of like it to go beyond the flirt, and I'd be like, fuck off, I'm not gay, mate. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's That's, it's yeah safe a safe and comfortable it's good to know your boundaries yeah. it's good to know your boundaries and also may I say mask privilege that you can do that flirt with a man and yeah. not expect anything and not, expect, yeah. not have them expect anything yeah. whoa back off, whoa mate, mate. whoa <laughs> Jesus nice, nice. How exciting! <laughs> um, that's good. We um we have to have our guest on soon. It's the wonderful Sarah Pasco. Are you ready to welcome her? Yes. Great. Please welcome to Trusty Hogs. It's Sarah, Sarah Pasco. Hello. If you like Trusty Hogs, why not join our Patreon? Listen, we have an extra episode every single week if you do, which is amazing. And you can mm-hmm. listen to the backlog of them if you have just joined. You get all the 57 free ones mm-hmm. that are already out. Additionally, we put up extra content, extra shows, extra live shows. And lately, an entire episode of a Solving Listener Problems called the Mailbag Special Edition 1. There's yes, so many please. treats on there. I think it's worth a fiver, if not more. Oh my God. Come on, you fucking little piggy whores. Join us for £5 a month. You get everything and you can be our best friend. I love how they're the whores, but we're asking for their money. Confusing. Have a lovely day. Thank you, bye. Hello, we are doing a live Christmas show for Trusty Hogs. It's called Hog Hog Hog, like ho ho ho, but Hog Hog Hog. And hog, you can hog, drink hog. egg hog. Um, yeah. It's like eggnog, but with bacon in it. Mm. Egg hog. <laughs> Only at the Bill Murray pub on December the 18th for Trusty Hogs Live. Hog Hog Hog. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bloody Pasco! Hi! I'm from a plastic bottle. Oh my god. Don't put that as the clip. <laughs> that's gonna be the only clip. Don't put that on the She's clip. Th- that's just gonna be the clip. Put on repeat. Yeah. Swigging <laughs> from plastic. Just boomers over your head. Sarah, Sarah Pasco hates the sea. She hates it. She's not even a re- She calls herself a vegan? Question mark. Just trying to look for the bit where it says this is made of cardboard. <laughs> God damn it! I just Hello. saw her punch a fish on the way here. Yeah, she yeah, does. She did constantly that. punching fish, and you know there's a lot of them around London. Listen. Yeah. Hello. Hello. How Hi. are you? I'm really, really well, thank you. Good. You're starting your tour on Friday. Thursday. Thursday. I've been, we've been over the show this. That counts. We've been over this. <laughs> you told me Thursday twice, and I haven't been able to compute. I'm like, it's are Friday. Are you really busy? Have you got like busy brain? I think I do. 
you. Where it's got like no space for new information. That's probably what's going on. And also like, I think if you were to retain information, then it wouldn't need to be the dates and locations of Sarah Pascoe's tour. As a true like, friend. Well, <laughs> I think, yeah, I was like, Chloe, but I don't think you understand friend. our friendship. I think it would be exactly that. Oh, you're Sarah's PA. Okay, yeah. I, I just like a good like, text message just like specifically for each venue. <laughs> it's an Auburn's tonight, eh? <laughs> Have a great love one. Love that dressing room. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to love you. Yeah. Um, have you seen Sarah Pascoe's shoes? No. I bought buffaloes. They're so I great. Never, I could never, when I was in the 90s as a teenager, this is what Pascoe's wore, and I, <gasps> and I never could afford them. Either. Aren't they incredible? They're absolutely divine. So, I think this is called a midlife crisis. No, yeah. this is called reclaiming your freaking youth. We, we yeah. could, I couldn't afford them either, and my cousin had a glittery purple pair, and I was honestly yeah. like They're a, the ones outwardly that are on jealous. They're on sale on ASOS because no one wants them anymore. What? Yeah, you're, like you're, mm. You are looking astoundingly Gen Z today, I will say that. You look great. Yeah. Yeah. You look yeah. right. Yeah. Um. So the, is the show about the 90s? Weirdly, loads of 90s stuff came up. I think I think because I was talking about some stuff that happened when I was 14, which is like very origin story for me. And then weirdly out of it, loads of stuff, I thought about loads of stuff that I hadn't thought about for ages, like the paparazzi. Like when the paparazzi was like the biggest problem. And, and how different it is now that we all take pictures of ourselves constantly. Like much worse than the paparazzi ever were. Isn't that interesting? And how many people's aesthetic is like... As if they have been papped, yeah, which like, is really odd. Like someone's invaded my privacy. Upskirting, people do it themselves and call it nudes. Like, and that used to be a massive thing where we were like, oh, these paparazzi lie on the floor and try and get photos up girls' oh. skirts. But isn't that sort of t- trying to sort of take control of the narrative of like, I'm going to take control of the output that I put out there. But then I guess if you're having to do that, then what level of control do you have that you're still mm-hmm. having to do it? Yeah, I think there definitely is an argument to that, but I would posit another one, which is, for which old, like, who, where's the audience? Yeah. Because there was this thing with celebrities, which was like, people wanted to see them, and especially sometimes in a humiliating light, or a very human, mm. more fragile. They wanted to see what they didn't, what, what are you trying to not show us? We yeah. want to see that. Stop curating yourself. And now we have the opposite, where like, there's no audience, but there are people that we've all had to mute, who post selfies of themselves constantly so it's so so that was where the 90s sort of took me but also we were sort of trying to we were trying to find out what was beyond their own curation whereas now everyone's curating their own sort of television show on instagram which is yeah. fascinating yeah do you mm. find it fascinating i find it fascinating that i was in victoria park the other day and there was a woman alone with a like a like human size like full tall tripod mm. and she was walking at it and waving at it like as if she was meeting a friend i i find that fascinating i don't find it comfortable or good mm. but i was like what's going on today maybe she's one of those people that um has fallen in love with an object and the tripod <laughs> the tripod is her girlfriend yeah. oh you think it's a lesbian tripod yeah, then it's I'm a lesbian. Like, i wish yeah. i wish i'd <laughs> felt that she was that happy to see the tripod she didn't seem aroused she just seemed alone maybe it's a long-term relationship oh yeah they, they, the romance is lame <laughs> She takes the tripod for granted. It's just always there, <laughs> making her look well lit. Seeing someone walk past with a selfie stick going, oh. Yeah. I'm so- I know he's a bad boy. <laughs> but just for one night. <laughs> Guys, I clearly didn't think it better than enough. Actually, yeah. that was yeah. my issue. That's on me. I apologise. There can be many things true at the same time. Yes, this is true. And also, actually, because you are in the public eye, um, and you have had a baby. Congrats. Well done. Congrats. Very big. It's really exciting. good. Very big yeah, exciting. I'm a real woman now. <laughs> I'm glad you said it, actually. I'm glad you said it. Thank Doing you. Doing my um, bit for the, for the war efforts. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Another boy. Thank God. Good. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Well, that's actually what I was, was going to say is like, how did you decide whether or not to put your baby on Instagram? I, what I really have an awareness of is that he, everything you put on the internet is there forever. Mm-hmm. And it's odd, like, I put a couple of pictures up with like the back of his head mm-hmm. and when I did chat shows um, preparing for the tour when I talked they put up the, that picture because that was the closest they could have to a picture of my baby one of the shows checked with me one of the shows didn't and <gasps> thought, it was lucky there wasn't like a just an early baby show or they would just sort of put it up Oh my God. And, and, I, and I, what I'm really aware of him, a sensitivity that I haven't shown to anyone else in my life previously, is that <laughs> he'll go to school, he will then one day hopefully get a job, yeah. and th- people will be able to excavate back into his history via me. Mm. And so I'm super careful about what that narrative will be. Yeah, that's and it sh- and good. It, I, I thought... I've never. I've still not had my like out out routine. Like I haven't had my Beyonce in the post office. I haven't had my 
I don't want it to be like his shitty nappies. No, <laughs> that's like, fair. I mean, he's like, I'm a, I'm a lawyer now, mummy. Oh, please <laughs> yeah. stop it. Yeah. And, and do I, I have to still call you mummy, mummy? Uh, <laughs> it's still your closer. <laughs> so I just, I, I, and it's really good for me to have that. Of like, he will have a life. I have to be really careful about what I've said and and what I've shared. Um, but then I also understand how, why some people are just gushy and they want their fans feel like they're part of their world yeah. yeah i read an uh oh i was gonna say i read an article the, the other day i read a headline of an article the other day and decided that it made me clever enough yeah but it was <laughs> it was essentially like uh this kid speaker who'd grown up and it was like one of the first generations mm. of adults who were like sort of uh like instagram had been an yeah, in, part yeah. of an instagram family yeah and the kid was essentially going like it made me feel so exposed mm. that i felt like my mum and dad were like constantly putting me and my life on show like that must be so the idea of like a performative childhood and then certain events that actually are magical but only if you're in the moment i Mm -hmm. think like beach holidays Mm -hmm. are absolutely amazing if you are actually like there not if you're going what's my angle what does this look like how does my body look what are we creating like christmas opening the photo and opening the presents if you're not actually inside it it doesn't matter how christmasy it looks yeah yeah if you're not doing it with the band children who are like being told, no, 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 don't do that yet. We're going to do this big one. Everyone get round because I'm going to get oh, likes for this because strangers are going to look into your living room. Yeah, yeah, that is cringe. And I'm sure some kids don't, it doesn't bother them. I'm sure in some families there's dialogue so this isn't me just no, but I remember blanket that, criticizing people. Do you remember that shift between childhood and teenage where like you were suddenly aware that there might be a photo on Christmas morning? So it was less like run out the door and like wake everyone up and more like, Oh, I'm, I don't have time to brush my hair. Will I? What do I? What you had a nicer family than me. Okay, we were absolutely like scarecrows going, "Fuck off, mum! If you put that fucking camera in, I'm fucking <laughs> in me. I'm gonna no, I'm not. I'm gonna go back to bed." <laughs> I, I, I okay. think I had that problem because my Crystal Palace tracksuit was always looking fresh. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I guess we live different lives, <laughs> and that's okay. Whereas my mom would cry if on our Christmas on Christmas or my birthday I wouldn't at least let her take one then. So those are like the times that she like got to. So I would brush my hair for those. Hell. Anyway, one nice little insight into our mothers. That's fine. And also, don't pretend that you weren't like waking up literally every morning. I can imagine you're sort of a black velvet number. (laughs) (laughs) Black velvet's very hard to keep clean, actually. (laughs) Midi length. I wish I had fucking boobs. Oh god, that would have been that would have been my dream. That would be my dream, but it was more like pajamas that my mother bought for me that matched my sisters that were horrible and check, and I hated them so much. But we all matched. And that's one. You all matched the entire matched. family. Yeah. No, my, not my mum and dad, just my sister, my brother, and I. Oh, I see. Yeah. It what was did bad. your parents wear? Clothes, like daytime clothes. They'd be dressed within the second. But they were the kind okay. of people who got up at like 6 a.m. and still do get up at 6 a.m. And when right. you come down at 7, are like, good afternoon. And you're like, <laughs> are you kidding it's me? It's weird that they wanted you to stay in pajamas, like you're cosplaying still the night, <laughs> even while they're away. Well, my, we, they also made us come downstairs and sing happy birthday to Jesus. Like, none of it made sense, Sarah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have to sing happy birthday to Jesus? At the nativity in the hall, yes, before oh, we could go into the Santa that present. That is so funny. There are many videos of us singing full happy birthday to jesus happy birthday dear jesus Jesus. (laughs) happy birthday to you and then were they name of the father son holy spirit amen and were they just waiting for the holy spirit to blow out the candles (laughs) no there was no candle but then i guess he created light so no real need (laughs) so when the da vinci code came (laughs) and there was like discussions about like oh actually december 25th is actually like mithras god of light and it got sort of the pagans sort of absorbed it Mm. all that kind of or Christianity absorbed paganism. Mm-hmm. Was your parents? You think we were allowed to watch the Da Vinci Code? <laughs> I know, but they were, Sarah, it was like you culturally. Thought the, you thought the Da Vinci Code was going to be the thing that made them go like, "Hang on a minute, this doesn't matter <laughs> to me." Yeah. I took my dad to see the Book of Mormon. We watched the Book of Mormon, and the entire first half, my brother and I are like clenched jaws, clenched everything, being like, "Oh my god, it's yeah. so like." So that's about missionaries. Yeah, yeah, and there's no real disparity between that and Catholic missionaries, and and it's so sacrilegious and so like heretical. I was like, "Oh my god, this is horrific." Anyway. He, the lights come up. My dad turns around and he just goes, Do you want me to do the accent? No, that's cool. I got it. Thanks. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. <laughs> I'm, 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 oh my God. Riddle me this. <laughs> Riddle me this. <laughs> this is about the Book of Mormon. So he's about... <laughs> Irish people say when it's well, this would be a tinker. Did you can, did you can, <laughs> did he confuse leprechauns with rumble stiltskin? What's happening? <laughs> Riddle me this. Oh, it's all the same ballpark. I also love that my dad to you is the same as your impression of Ashling B. It's all oh, just the same yes. person. That's great. Yes. No, he turned around and was like, Mormons are mad. And we were like, Oh, Oh. oh, oh! The cognitive dissonance is so yeah. real. The For guy, you. the guy in the mirror is looking old. Yeah, he was like crazy Mormons, right? We were like, yeah, cra- crazy Mormons. Anyway, um, no, the the Jesus song was sang regardless of the Da Vinci Code. We managed to wish Why them a happy birthday. Why did that stop? Ah, uh, I want to say younger than it did. You're not still um, doing it. No, 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 I'm not religious anymore. And also I had to, okay, if there's any children in the room, send them out. Shouldn't I be listening to this in the first place? But at the point at which um, we no longer believed in Santa, I didn't have to pretend to believe in God to justify Christmas. Oh, wow. And okay. yeah. they let you have that as well? Listen, nobody was thrilled. Right. But like, I was happy to pretend Jesus existed, provided there were going to be Santa gifts after. Sure. Do you but, think if the Da Vinci Code had worked, they would have made you sing Happy Birthday to Dan Brown? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Happy Birthday, dear Dan Brown. <laughs> if only. If only. Um, yeah. um, so tell me, sorry, to rewind mm-hmm. all of this, what is your tour show about, please? Well, it's about success. Yeah. About success. It's got some showbiz stories, nice. some name dropping. Um, I can't imagine you name dropping. Genuinely, <laughs> that wasn't meant to be sarcastic. David Bowie was saying that to me just the other day. <laughs> oh, David! I, really, I was trying to think of someone alive, and I, I couldn't. I couldn't. And that's kind good. of why I couldn't imagine you yeah. name dropping. Yeah. It is nice to have a proper joke on this podcast, though. So well done. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, You're rude. So, what's the biggest name you drop in the tour show? Um, Buzz Aldrin. Oh. That cool. is a big name. Yeah, to drop. that's my Whoa. biggest name. So you've met Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. What? Yeah, well, so this is the thing. What? <laughs> My first ever Radio 4 panel show. And, you know, you've been doing stand-up for a little bit. You get an agent. It usually kind of goes in that order. And then work sort of starts changing. These things you've fantasised about. Seeing other people, maybe, that you've gigged with doing. And um, so I got booked for a Radio 4 panel show, which is already... I was so glorious. Yeah. excited. Yeah. And then um, they um, rang up to tell me who else was on and go through the games. And they were going through who was on. And they opened with Jimmy Carr. So I was just trying to, like, silently, without being a dweeb to them, react to the fact that, like, fucking hell, Jimmy Carr's one of the most famous comedians in the world. He's one of the best gag writers who's ever lived. Like, and I'm doing a show with him. I'm going to be, like, he will shake my hand and know who I am. And as I was trying to absorb this, and they went, and Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> what the hell? I know, from the moon. But... <laughs> <laughs> And that's why I talk about but, it. What, but what, why was he booked for it and how did he have time? And what was the premise was, of the show? The show, I think it was Museum of Curiosity. Oh, they can get some like randomly amazing yeah, guests. Yeah, randomly amazing people. And it definitely was via John Lloyd who, from QI, who's yeah. very well connected and knows lots of people and is lots of people's friends. And so it just was one of those really random things. And then when we had the photograph taken at the end, I don't talk about this in my show, but it was very sweet of Jimmy because it was the first night I'd ever met him. And obviously I was a very new comic and he's really supportive to new comics, as we Mm. know. To be fair, he really is. He really is. And um, when we were having the photograph taken, I was definitely the lowest status person in the room. So I was sort of out on the edge. And Jimmy said, no, come here. And he put me next to Buzz Aldrin (gasps) and he went, touch me. Touch him, not touch me. <laughs> that would be an awful story. That is, a, that is, to be fair, one of the things Jimmy Carr has never done. Never done. <laughs> that we know of. Any of us. Um, but, um, so he said, uh, so he's, uh, he went, Sarah, come here. And then he, in the photo, put me next to Buzz Aldrin in the light. And he went, touch him, he's been on the moon. <laughs> so, wait, I'm photograph, I've just got my hand on the back of Buzz Aldrin. Just gently caressing moon man. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's my biggest Holy name shit. drop. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I think my first panel show I was just on was like 
I'm not. I'm not going to name male comedians. But that's really mean to oh, just be like Bill Wyatt, yeah. <laughs> Russell Kane. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to list my peers as disappointments just then. Actually, but sometimes this does happen where um, something that you think is so great, and then you tell someone maybe from home, family member, so and um, has been like, oh my god, I'm going to be doing a thing with Romesh. Yeah. Or and um, who? Oh, I know. Yeah. And you're yeah. Like, oh God! But, it, yeah. but it's so arbitrary as well. Like sometimes it, you you'll be like, oh, I'm I'm about to see this like major, like I'm about to see like pointless celebrities mm. or something, which yes, for me yeah. is like the biggest thing. Yeah. And someone will be unimpressed, and then you'll you'll be like, oh, I'm just gonna go on BBC Four's A Good Read, and oh, I'll be like, yes, what? you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, like you. BBC Radio Four's <laughs> A Good Read with Harriet Gilbert. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but I think that's quite nice that like you can go to different people for different things. For yeah, definitely. I thought you were gonna be like that. They would have been like, oh, Buzz Aldrin is not Neil Armstrong. Oh, like, I see. Like yeah. the shit, the shit so, astronaut. Yeah, was that your reaction? But it's, but it's, <laughs> yeah, still, shit but astronaut. it's still in the lineup. Like, yeah, if you know the lineup. If you know who Gary, if you know Gary Barlow, you yeah. know Howard and Jason. Right? Yeah. So if you know Buzz. Neil Armstrong, you know Buzz Aldrin. Did he seem like more of a Howie or a Jason? Oh no no! I think he's a Gary Barlow. Oh, oh is he? Yeah. You know, oh this is I mean, gossip. This is gossip. Neil's the Robbie. Neil's the Robbie. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Buzz was supposed to be first on the moon, but um, he's um, quite right wing. He's got some beliefs. Probably very popular now in America. The kind of thing. <laughs> at the time, they were too scared about what he would say, and he really? made the moon part of his Masonic lodge by putting. He took his Masonic oh, flag up my. there as well as Shut the American up. one. Shut no. up! No. What? Yeah. It's uh, it's part of his Masonic lodge. He literally go. Like, but can seats. the Masons do that? I think. I mean, if if they've got to the moon, then you can pretty much do whatever you like with the moon. What were they worried he was going to say? For white people. <laughs> 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 wow, I'm glad you really went for it, and I respect uh, it. <laughs> he's going to punch you now, Buzz. Yeah, that's what he does. He punches people. Does what? Descenders? Did you not know this? Sorry, I was. I that you met him. I didn't know he was a madman. Yeah, Sarah, oh. at least I'll have no. touched someone that's been on the moon. Exactly. That's true. Yeah, like a meteorite just coming straight <laughs> to your face. Um, what? So this is not, I mean, this is publicly well known. Actually, I, I don't think Buzz comes out of this particularly badly. It was um, uh, a... <laughs> Hear me out! <laughs> we, we've, gone, we've gone from I don't name drop to you talking about Buzz Aldrin on first name terms. <laughs> so Buzz doesn't it. come out that badly from there. <laughs> My Buzz! See, how can you imagine it? Um, uh, it's worse after wine. Um, I, anyway, I love um, it. because they, it was one of those um, moon landing deniers, and they uh, was in a, a press junket, and they had lied to get in there, and then were very disrespectful to him. And it's, it's on. Take, essentially, you know, Buzz Aldrin fought for his country. He and before the space. Um, work right. that he did yeah <laughs> the space industry space job the, space into the temping he did <laughs> on the moon and um so he's a veteran is what i'm trying to say and the yeah. man was incredibly disrespectful and was trying to get him to admit he hadn't gone and imagine Whoa. if you trained that long done something that incredible not only personally but for the whole of humanity to have some like kid say just, just because idiot. it doesn't fit my narrative of reality it didn't happen so he punched him you can watch it on youtube I, I absolutely will. I can yeah. confirm that I will be watching. In fact, everyone, pause now. Go away. Have a little watch. We get it. Yeah. We get it. We support you. Oh, my well, God. listeners will already have watched that and know about it. They'll be going, where have you been? I, I think- do worry that's the general <laughs> vibe of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, these bitches these are so are, These are, these are big current events. <laughs> yeah. Do you also know the Berlin Wall has fallen? <laughs> oh, H- Helen did tell me that. I do know that much. That much I do know. Um, before we do our listener problem, um, I feel like... Maybe you'll be a good person to talk to about this. I talked about this on the Patreon, but then mm. so many people messaged me to say that maybe I should talk about it on the main Is it episode. about my new painted nails? It's not about your new oh, painted nails. I've got painted nails. Um, yes, happens. yes. It turns out we can all do it. Uh, no, I um, was talking about how, well, I'm 34 years old, guys. Baby, tiny baby. Thank you for saying that. It means everything, especially given what I'm about to say. <laughs> and I've never wanted to have a baby before. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I do want to have a baby. Yeah, that, welcome to your mid-30s. Yeah, but it I... It goes on till you're 42. <laughs> I hate... But, and also, I'm really reticent, and I think the reason I didn't want to talk about it on the episode was I because I can, I can see in front of me 20 women I used to work with in an office, all of whom said, well, when you're older, you'll change your mind. And I, yeah. rem- I might, the me of then I want to respect and be loyal yeah. to when she was like, fuck it. Yeah. But equally, but there are there are so many people in your position feeling exactly the same who also felt differently 
in a past incarnation. Mm. Um, that's why it's really important to talk about it. Okay. But I also think that it's really important, even if even if what those women have said to you has turned out to be the case, it's not. They're still not allowed to say it to also, you when it's, it's not, still not the their case. place. They, also, yeah. they can't make you understand this feeling that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. What they're saying is you'll change your mind because your body will want a baby, and that isn't necessarily what you're. That's not what I, exactly. So it's, it's not like oh, you're wrong. You don't know yourself. Mm. What's different is there's another question of like oh, what if the possibilities? What is the right decision? Is there a wrong decision? So this is yeah. what's happening right now is just that the door is closing. Not yet. How, not, how is it closing? As, as in, as in. Are we running out of sperm? No. No, 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 no. There's not a global shortage. There's a global shortage <laughs> of sperm. And Actually, I'm here to tell you, guys. Olive tree is burning off all the sperm. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I mean to say is that suddenly, in a way I've never been aware of, I'm slightly aware of my age yeah. and of... Of the quest of like of knowing that I don't want it now and I'm not ready for it now and I couldn't financially support one now, mm-hmm. but that by the time I could, that then my body might not be able it's to. It's a really cruel trick. Yeah. Like the whole that whole shtick and all of the pressure. Yeah, it's a really cruel trick. There's a really um, Sheila Hetty wrote an amazing book called Motherhood, mm. which is about approaching forty. She's in a long term relationship and doesn't know. Yeah, and so she throws sort of I Ching and dice and has conversations with herself, but it's about the unknowingness, which is just it is what it is. Yeah, and the thing is that the current predicament I'm having is just because I don't know, but I also don't know that I wanted to be shut off as a possibility. I'm like, should I be freezing my eggs, which is what I was talking about. And the mm. pre- then it turns out, did you know that costs like so much money so much money and also then you have to do IVF it's not like you've frozen your eggs you can put them back in yeah. and get pregnant what you can't just defrost is this the <laughs> pop them in down the gob like not, a Nurofen not yet because <laughs> of the cost of living crisis it's hard to run the freezer is that what, <laughs> <laughs> is that what you mean um, no I mean like it's hundreds of pounds to find out um, if you have viable eggs to do so and then it's thousands of pounds per go and they expect they recommend you do it three times so it's like three grand a go uh, and then you have to pay every year. To, the other thing is it costs four hundred pounds a year to keep it to run said what, like fridge. An egg bank. Yeah, yeah. Egg oh bank. So, so, so there's lots of things. And again, it's, I think what happened was we we started to discuss as a culture, of, mm. of full of women who wanted to get as much out of life as possible. So it's a really positive discussion. And I think egg freezing came up as something that we heard in our early twenties or teens, as in, don't worry, they've got egg freezing now. Mm. We'll worry about this at thirty-four. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Without actually going expensive, it's really painful. Yeah, you have to do hormone treatment, and then you might go through IVF several times unsuccessfully. Again, painfully, hormonally. So it's not, an, it's not a solvable. Yeah, and it's not an easy one. Mm-hmm. But if you're someone who definitely knows that you want children and you think you've got low egg reserves, that's a good thing to get people to get checked out. Mm-hmm. Actually, you might have even less time than you realise. Mm-hmm. Or finding something out might make you go, no, I do want to do it. Because the idea of not doing it broke my heart. Like There are some things that by having their health checked out, those kind of things are really proactive steps, I think. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that and see how I feel. I think I'll know a lot based on what I feel in reaction to what mm-hmm. I'm told. But also, I feel so weird. I feel like... I feel weird and like yeah, I, even talking about it I'm like as in I feel like I don't know what I'm saying but no but this, what you're feeling is really 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 common this is not to say that you're not special you are oh, thank you <laughs> I don't have to be special you're a precious lady but um, <laughs> thank you that's why it's good to talk about it because it is it's, it's a really blur annoying it feels almost like cliched uh, but mm. then also feels like but we chose clowns we're clowns we yeah. and we so so we got all this other fun stuff so maybe it doesn't have to matter and it doesn't matter and i don't even know if i mind if they're mine or not i don't know i just weirdly suddenly have yeah. never had the inclination and i'm now suddenly like i don't want to close off the options entirely yeah. but it's all so well, bizarre well i think that's it that's seeing saying all the variety of options like one of them is you know having children and a family that you're not biologically related to mm-hmm. there are lots of options that actually i used to find that really calmed me down they the do. The biggest thing was, oh, do I want to be? Do I want the responsibilities of parenting? Yeah. And that's a different thing to. They don't have to be mine. Yeah. Do I want to go? Oh, you look like my dad. Great. <laughs> <laughs> now that you say it. Yeah. Yeah, I really no, I don't. Um, I think uh, we, we've had this conversation before, and I think that like we are in a really cool position that I wish everyone was in, where we have like queer lifestyles, which are quite like radical and often un- outside the bi- binary more, mm. more like often in the circles mm. that we move and I think 
looking at your life in those times in those terms in terms of like yeah non-conventional because <clears throat> you you don't there are so many uncontrollable variables in this that i think if you can just go to it with like a sort of an attitude of sort of curiosity if a smaller questions all in there yeah fascinating before the big question yeah because really what you want to know is what's going to happen to me yeah <laughs> what's yeah, my yeah, life yeah, going to yeah. be like that's exactly it. oh like, that's, uh, I, that's so true I, I used to ask myself little questions like do i want to make pack lunches yes do i want to tell some bedtime stories yes when i so i could imagine my life completely reorganized around someone else's and then it's like Tiny rucksacks, days out. The science museum, there were things that were so positive and it was a building up of those things. Yeah, that's nice. That helped me see, like, because I always, um, I didn't identify as a nurturing woman. What? Yeah, because I'm not, I was a very selfish person, always, and I was always a very... That's such a weird thing for you to say, for you to, say to me because you're so nurturing. I, actually... I, think, I think I really changed and I changed because I felt it in myself. But, but before then, I'd been really hardened and told that I wasn't. And so I thought that equated Gosh. with not parenting because you can't, you're a selfish person. Mm. And because I'm not, I didn't feel motherly. Or I didn't, I had to really examine and ask myself lots of little questions and look and read lots of other things because it was like, it's a, it's a phase of exploration. Mm. And I think there are, there's so much happy life and a, a really generative life that doesn't involve having children at all or certainly biological children. Agreed there's something about having a child which takes so much of your energy that you're a much worse citizen. Don't point <laughs> me and say someone runs a charity and has got nine kids, okay? In my experience, I only care about my kid now. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you do material about this and it's so funny. Yeah. Which is like, you did not have... But that energy is a balance. So it's not like, oh, now I'm a mother. I'm really... It's like you've created another consumer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and... Um, there's nothing noble about it. That's what I mean, meant to say. That is, yeah. ge- this has genuinely been reassuring. I um, think. Can I close the conversation by saying, imagine that conversation, but with Helen Bauer present? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. We would have, Sarah would not have She would have told either. you to jump down a well. That's what she would have told yeah. you. Hel- yeah. It's just a generic response. She's like, if you're confused, just go in a well. <laughs> a well? Mm. Does she meditate in wells? Has she been in a well? <laughs> No, she uses them as sort of a punitive tool. Yeah. So for men who have spurned our listeners for um, herself when she's failed, um, her own expectations for um, anyone she doesn't like. You should do an episode down a well. <laughs> Number one, I think the acoustics would be fantastic. Wouldn't they be gorgeous? Yeah. And then you could like watch as the sun came and then the moon came out. You know, you can see stars really early, apparently, when you're down a well. <laughs> and, and how do you know that? How do you know Sarah, I don't know. You, uh, we, we haven't met loads of time. We are, well, one of the key features that I would say about you is I could literally say like donuts, and you'd be like, "I read a book on that." Yeah, no, like, it, it, apparently it's my insecurity thing. It's like what? So, so I rely on. Oh, I actually read a thing about that. About as well, as it's like doesn't matter if no one likes me and I've got no friends because. Like a, anyway, I've got my uh, book. It's my, my tick. Because I read yeah. a book about friends, so it's actually <laughs> my. I've got a library card. <laughs> adventures. Um, <laughs> Um, but I think Helen. I think Helen has to go into a well. I think if you're going to dole it out, you've got to go. You've got to been there. Can we get um well, can we like get... trusty hogs merch wells? That'd be lovely. Baby wells that you could drink out of, or you could put your uh, no money in? savings savings up. Yeah. Very a, a money nice. Bot, a well that's a money box. Very nice. Or a Possibly pen living well. Crisis. Yeah. Yes. Not to be a Helen Bauer about this, but I was thinking full size well that you can install in your back garden, but. <laughs> Mini well, also good. Yeah. You well, have to dig a well. You can't install one. How do you know so Not much about wells? <laughs> <laughs> She's a well expert. Oh my gosh, this is going to be great. I think we've already seen how good Sarah is at giving advice. While you're here, we should take advantage. Sorry. I'm kind of an amateur therapist, so I'm not uh, I think you seem like a pro. Look at that jumper. Come on, you're a pro. It's from Bowdoin. I'm old. <laughs> It's not old, but ready, qu- qualified to therapize. I am, yeah. It's about douchebag, douchebag men in comedy. If you whoa, like. that sounds very interesting. We've specific. got experience. Um, well, I'll give you a quick, uh, quick pricey then. So uh, this is a person that is trying to get into student comedy. Uh, went up to the fringe for the final of a student um, comedy award, and uh, unfortunately was given uh, advice by uh, a male comedian who she thought she looked up to, um, oh, who God. was just like, a few a year ago above her in the comedy society. Okay. Uh, was a bit of an arsehole about like, yeah. oh, don't do that sort of stuff. Don't yeah. do that sort of stuff. Um, is I mean, obviously we don't know what the stuff is, but um, what is how do you deal with um, men offering unsolicited advice? Um, and how do you find good advice? 
It's, it depends. You don't need advice. The whole point of stand-up is really you just stop listening to everyone, don't you? Apart from an audience. And if they're not laughing, you should, you should listen. You should hear that silence. But if they're laughing, then um, it's all about following your own thing. Advice doesn't ever stop. And you can do two things. As you realise you're about to get advice, you can go, oh, sorry, thank you so much. I really don't need notes. That's a new bit. I'm just sort of working it out. Um, or you can just literally walk away. Mm. Um, do the second one, because the emotional labour of the first one, yeah. men that are giving you unsolicited advice aren't necessarily going to take your boundary very well if you assert it in a calm, clear yeah. way. Yeah, but I think sometimes they're so desperate, especially if you had it like when some, someone's trying to give you like a topper or a punchline. Like, there's a guy who's really nice, really nice in comedy. Like, I'm not going to name you, and he once said to me, what you should say is, and it was so awful, he said, you should say that, and I can't even remember what my routine about, but it definitely wasn't specifically this. He said, to, he said it was obviously something that he thought and thought, I can't get away with, I'll give it to a young woman. He said, <laughs> they do that all the time. He said, and, that, and this is what I would say to this young comic, is sometimes they're offloading their baggage onto you. And so just like, yeah, exactly, like a lot of emotional labour, it's not your, it shouldn't be your burden. And if you do just have to smile and nod, don't hate yourself for not wanting to be confrontational, but he said, you should say that fingering an old lady is like opening a bag of crisps. And I was looking at him, and it was so quick, you know, I hadn't had time to, and I'm not really a walk away, I'm a sort of say they're frozen and then hate myself 12 years later. Um, I've actually yeah. read a book on um, fingering old <laughs> 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 That's what I was thinking, was, as he was saying it to me, I was like, I mean, it's so nasty, it's so nasty towards portion of your audience it's so nasty to human bodies in general and it doesn't make any sense mm. yeah yeah that's yeah, not yeah. like a great observation <laughs> that doesn't make any sense it's so the amount of men who would come to me when i started comedy with like incredibly vulgar descriptions of what they thought lesbian sex were like they mm. thought i could say that they couldn't say on yeah. stage whereas what they were doing is just an, an acting out uh, like a fantasy do you know what I mean? Yeah, Sometimes but also kind of wanted someone to tell and to like agree with them that vaginas were actually gross. Right, mm. right, right. And I was like, oh, I'm the opposite of your target market mm. for that particular thought, my friend. But yeah, it's that's fascinating. But well, also this person I know this is just a quick one, but um, because she's so new, uh, please don't let it put you off. But yes, it doesn't go away. It really doesn't. But it's rare. It's rare. It doesn't happen on a daily basis. I get it a lot. I get a lot of advice both from male audience members and male comics. Yeah. I, I think sometimes it is to do with presentation, not to be like... But also, I just don't think anyone should ever talk to male audience members. I agree. Oh, to be I, clear, I'm not trying to. Yeah, no, we shouldn't have to. This is the trouble with some venues when you can't escape quickly <laughs> enough. That is not part of the ticket price. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. So, I mean, that should stop it. I think, I think if it's a male audience member, if they even try and approach me, I will be like, oh, sorry, I've got to get a bus. Yeah, that's what I would do. I, I think if it's another comedian... I put comedian, my headphones in. That's smart. I can't hear you! <laughs> <laughs> They've literally said hello and you've got one sec. <laughs> sorry! <laughs> I've got my headphones on! <laughs> I have got to start doing that. Fine, I'll, I'll just do that. Yeah. I'll just do that. Does um, that help? But yes, I, very useful. Can I also just say, I, I think um, one of the things I... I didn't start comedy at uni because I think I didn't think I was the originator of funny material. I was like, oh, I'll just like act in funny things that the boys write, essentially. Mm, yeah. And I think that that is quite like a gendered dynamic that happens at uni. And I would say to this person, like, just try and quiet all of that noise from the boys and just like be like really like playful and silly and just have mm. like loads of fun with it. And just if that's what you're doing, then you will be achieving that and anything that anyone says to to knock that will just bounce off yeah. because you haven't set their advice as like the arbitrary metric by which you're going to And you're allowed to be arrogant yourself. even when you're new. You're allowed to incite. You don't have to say it out loud, but in your head to go, I'm a better comedian than you and I'm going to be a better comedian than everyone. Yeah. So yeah. Like, yes. yeah, you're allowed to you're allowed to have that little inner voice. And that is the every comic who is, you know, working is that arrogant. Yeah. I was going to say, because I would say the thing is to... Remember at all times that your goal is not to be better than men two years ahead of you in, in uni, which yes. is to say that sometimes whenever I get like frustrated by maybe say a success of a peer, or, because I can admit to that, that mm. does that sometimes happen or like, or if I feel like I'm judging myself against things I'm not even sure I want, but I know my peers are doing. So I'm like, do I want that? Mm. I try to remember that um, I, I don't want to be better than the people who've been doing it the same length of time as me. I want to be better than 
my favorite comedians. Mm-hmm. And if then that's your goal, then you kind of fuss less about those people, oh, right? Oh, and also he's the same thing as you're saying. He's jealous and insecure, and the reason that he said it is because he feels bad about himself. Yeah. And he wants to gatekeep or, you and keep you in your place. Awfully, maybe he's flirting. Because <laughs> <laughs> they also do that, men in comedy. <laughs> they think advice is flirtation? Well, no, they think they're, they're treating you as a peer, just saying to you, hey, if you just. Oh, someone has said like quite hurtful stuff about the thing you're doing. Yeah, maybe they were flirting and I was too busy crying to notice. (laughs) (laughs) Is this supposed to be arousing? Do we have time for one more problem? Oh yes, I'm here for the next problem. Yes, let's hear it. Okay, Um, this problem is from O. Um, uh, this is somebody who has slept with a girl for the first time. It was also the girl's first time, and it was amazing. She Wait, loved is it. this is the person uh, identifying as same sex? Yeah. Same sex. Okay, great. So, so same sex relationship or same sex hookup rather. Um, but something in felt inside me felt wrong because I didn't know um, how my family would think if they knew I'd done it. Uh, I had no issue with it, but uh, I knew everyone around me would. So I shamefully blocked the girl. Uh, and I feel so upset uh, with myself. What? Yeah, sorry. How how can I remedy this? What should I be tackling? Well, you don't have any right to be in their life again. <gasps> yeah. I mean, you have. So you have no right to anything. But if you want to, what you what you this person doesn't have to do is give you any time. Listen to your explanation. You've done something incredibly hurtful at something at such a formative stage, which is why I feel so harshly that. If you need to feel better about yourself, the first thing is that she doesn't need to make you feel better about it. If you need to feel better about yourself and you want to apologise, I think you have to do that with the understanding that she owes you no apology. And if you're sending it out in the air and and she's blocked you She doesn't owe you forgigeness or anything. Or appeasement or a conversation about it. Because I think sometimes that's what people... People want to apologise. They know they've done the wrong thing and they want you to tell them it's Mm -hmm, fine. mm -hmm. It's not fine what you did. You must never do that again. And I think you should go on a real journey. I understand. Well, I don't understand. I can try to imagine how complicated it is to be exploring your sexuality if you've come from a background that makes you think there's a wrong and a right way. So work that out before you sleep with people. I I mean, well, maybe I'm wrong, but because you have the potential to hurt people so much. Yeah. Y- yes, I think that's right. It's it's really complicated, and I think everything that you've said is is incredibly true. And my gut reaction too. I think oh, com- com- I, we can completely understand where that internalized homophobia comes from, and like that really is, yeah, an awful thing to be feeling. But but yeah, try not to externalize it and take it out on anyone else. This is a thing for you to sort of reckon with and contend with, and it's a case of can you find a community of people around you that can that like you're not romantically involved with that can sort of support you and coach you through this situation is sort of a consensual way like they've signed up Mm. to be there for you so yeah you can talk to it talk about it and then also then when you're having relationships it's something that you also that people know about you i guess you'd want people to know so then your your behavior would make sense or if you were struggling you could take it to them because it was information they already had it's so interesting i um i've got it Oh. Don't say well. It's well. (laughs) (laughs) For fuck's sake, can we? Can we have one well this week? One. I'm sorry to say it was well. (laughs) (laughs) You should have known you read the book. Can I say that you've you've both um, been so quick to... um, defend I suppose a younger version of myself that in a way that I wouldn't have which is and you're dead right I think you're absolutely right um I don't know that I have ever felt as like worthy of that protection like it's like queer people we sometimes give ourselves permission to hurt ourselves as a community because we can all go well we're all having this horrible experience and we and and I, I think discerning between what is an excuse and what is an explanation so like your family situation may well explain your behavior it doesn't excuse it Mm. and I think but I think that I sort of thought that was par for the course in being queer is like people would freak out after you had sex with them people would Mm. say you would want you to be a secret after you slept Mm. with them people would deny your existence in public when you had slept with them people would objectify you when you were out if they knew that you were sleeping with somebody of the same sex people would like and you just kind of go like oh yeah I guess that's sort of just being gay or like Mm. Up all the way up to the scale of like, yeah, of course people have screamed at me in the street. Yeah, of mm. course we, you have to check the safety of an area. And I think quite 
a huge thing is that we are taught we're responsible for other people's pain or to lessen other people's pain. And I think part of being in pain or having bad treatment is knowing, okay, that's about them, not about me. And so mm -hmm. I think this person, oh, sounds like they're going through something really painful. Yeah. And that's caused them to inflict pain on somebody else. And, and while they, now that they've admitted that and they don't want to do it again, it's not this other person's, that's the thing. Whereas I think a lot of the time, also the other thing, which is from heterosexual culture, but I, th I think there's probably an overlap. Tell us, we never get any of that on this podcast. Well, this whole thing about like a messenger, a man, a man would reject you. Mm. We were taught in our teenage magazines, a man would reject you because he likes you so much. Mm. And so then when he goes, oh my god, I was just really scared by my emotions. We were taught to be like, and that is romance. Yes, <laughs> yes. I remember at secondary school being on a train and a girl saying, "What if the only person who can stop you?" crying is the man who made you cry and we thought like that was amazing what i know isn't it awful yeah because the idea that that was the only thing that would solve the problem is letting the person who treated us terribly when back he was in. drunk turn back up again and go yeah duh, duh, duh. and we Yikes. would create a super narrative of did so much work for the them it's the love the love's too real <laughs> yeah. uh, wow wow i i do think though you're dead right about like not um maybe sleeping with other people until you feel a differently and also doing some of the work because it's interesting that O says in the message I'm fine with it but my family wouldn't be mm. that doesn't f it doesn't feel true yeah. and also possibly like it's really hard to have be true if yeah. your family are involved in your life at all and you're a person with feelings mm. like being told what you are is wrong and it having effect on you doesn't make you intellectually weak. It just makes you human. Yeah, you can't human. disconnect things that No, yeah. Yeah. but I used to think that like, well, I have intellectualized and understand that I have am of equal value, have dignity, deserve respect, mm. deserve rights. But it didn't change the fact that I wasn't receiving those from people who love me and that that does meaningfully change your self-perception and your self-worth. So it's okay if that's the case. Mm. But yeah, you got to sort it out before you... um. Hook up with other girls. And honestly, I'd say sorry day fast because sleeping with women's the it's best. Fun. It's so good. It's no good offense to you and yours. But uh Oh no, no, I'm a woman. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> my apologies. That's my crew. <laughs> she has a baby. And I, I God, yeah, you're so right. You're so right. Oh, listen, I good problem solving, guys. Really good. Mm. I knew you'd yeah. be wonderful. <laughs> and you with the whales. <laughs> Sarah Pascoe, you're going on tour all over the shop. Where can people find tickets? Are there any left? Yeah, loads. In okay. the, on the internet. <laughs> Great. At sarahpasco.com. Sarahontour.com. Sarah without an H. Sarah on tour. They know that. Come on. They know that. You've been on Graham Norton. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. They should know. Graham with a H, Sarah without. And um, and on Instagram, Twitter? Yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Nice. Pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, Sarah Pasco, everybody. Yay. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.